if that print shop has customers that don't care, then they'll keep buying Next Level because Next Level would just slash their prices to nothing to try to get rid of their inventory that it's testing consistent all the time when I test it. It's a ripple, minimal standard, no slaves, period. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 54 features Tyler Merritt, a retired special operations aviator and the founder and CEO of Nine Line Apparel, where he is doing business well and right, fighting modern day slavery through an ethical supply chain. Welcome. This is Veteran Nate. All right, let's do it. Uh, all right. Good morning, Tyler Merritt. Welcome to Veteran Made. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Stoked. Um, obviously, I was a guest on y'all's podcast. I've been good buddies with with Ethan, who's who's been a guest on here, and, and he interviewed me for for Nine Lines uh, podcast. So I'm excited to do a bit of a home and home here. So thanks for joining. Um, I do just want to jump kind of right in. Obviously, this podcast is more about creativity and entrepreneurship and, and kind of less about service stories. But if you could give folks a bit of a primer for those that don't know you, um, kind of who you are, and where you served, and then I, I want to jump right into you starting the business towards the end of, of your time in service. Man, I thought the bullet points were no cool guy stories. So uh, <laughs> I'm coming down. I was a glorified bus driver for the 160th as the pinnacle of my career. I was an air mission commander um, flying your you know, Navy SEALs, Delta Rangers, you know, SF guys um, to do bad things to bad humans and ended up getting medically retired 2017, uh, came back to Savannah, Georgia and to run nine line full time um, from 2012 to 17. I was still active deploying, you know, dealing with shitheads around the world. And, uh, you know, I, I really got into the whole entrepreneur real spirit uh, during that time, mainly because I just I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. <laughs> and and I, I wanted to I find that niche for when I did leave service that I could, you know, uh, run and grow my own effective teams. You know, I love the organization I was in, love the 160th brotherhood forever. You know, I got all my buddies that live down the street, down the river from me here in Savannah, um, that are either still serving or, um, just recently get out. You know, all my buddies are now like battalion commanders and regimental commanders, national mission force commanders. It's kind of crazy. Um, but the, the highly functioning unit, crazy organization to be part of, lots of crazy cool guy stories that I get to be part of. Um, but what I learned is kind of that uh, team that you build around yourself, uh, the people who you not only hang out with, uh, but that you choose to be part of your organization. Um, that's the most important decision you could make. Uh, probably next to who your life partner is, but I'm divorced. So like I've already made that mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was your vision for for the, the kind of first iteration of the company? I mean, this is four years removed from from retiring from the military. You're you're already starting to think about not working for other people and being an entrepreneur. What was the initial kind of spark for that idea? Uh, and then when did you start to think, OK, there's something I can scale here? Man, I think my initial spark was like 11 years old when I was working for my family's, you know, restaurant as a dishwasher. 
um, and like then a busboy and a prep cook and all the things I hate doing. I don't like cooking. I don't like cleaning. And I really don't like look, working for other people who are always yelling at me for their own ineptitudes. No offense to my family members. Uh, but I, I just, I didn't enjoy not having things and I never really had things as I grew up. Um, I, I didn't come from a lot of uh, wealth or any. Uh, and I, at a young age, you know, had to start taking care of my father, start taking care of, you know, I, I had kids young. I have a young wife, uh, you know, leaving West Point and kind of jump right into flight school, <clears throat> getting someone accidentally pregnant and then, you know, shotgun marriage, love my kids. Uh, but you know, I, I've always worked for other people and it kind of made it so that I, I couldn't go on vacations when I wanted to, right? I had to fill out all my paperwork and just to go on, you know, somewhere in Panama. My kids are Panamanian. It'd take forever for me to get approval, right? Like those little things that just bothered me about not being able to run my own life. And I've worked for someone else since I was 11 years old. And at that point, you know, I wanted a side hustle. I've been dabbling in real estate since I was, what, 18, 19? doing construction and buying properties, fixing them up, flipping them. I still do that as other side hustles. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to work for myself for the freedom of doing whatever the fuck I wanted. I mean, that's, that's what everyone wants. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Well, not everybody, right? Some people, some people don't choose to go the entrepreneurial route because I think, you know, with the freedom that you're describing, obviously comes a lot of responsibility and, and especially personal responsibility to be disciplined with your time and your efforts and all of that stuff. What was the initial, um, so I, I believe you started with like morale apparel for your unit yep. and some other units, right? What no, was your evolutions? Yep. Started with yeah. the GI custom. I was doing apparel for Rangers SF, my unit, you know, it's, it was in my garage I was deploying a bunch. I had a side hustle. I like building websites, uh, the the systems, the architecture, right? The digital architecture. That's fun for me. So in the 160th, my job was Air Mission Commander, and it's a fancy name for numbers planner, right? I'm in charge of all the aircraft, and that means I need to know all their fuel states. That means I know all their freaking weapons capabilities. You know, I was a gun guy turned lift guy, right? So there's a lot of numbers involved <clears throat> that really matter. So like our unit cool guy story, I guess, about a bod, you know, plus or minus 30 seconds anywhere, including to go find the world hide and seek champion. Um, and, and those numbers were brief before they crashed. Like I've got a 5% margin of power, right? If there's a five degree change in temperature, pressure altitudes change, right? All those things matter in life and death and they fucking matter in business, right? I just left with bankers who give me crap all the time. They're like, Hey, you spent too much money. Like, why'd you loan it to me? Like, well, what'd you spend it on equipment and supplies and humans? They're like, Oh, well the numbers are, I was like, I get it. Like numbers matter, but I've got a, a longer plan than your brain can understand. And that's, that's what I learned from one sixtieth is that we have to calculate all the different numbers and we, our lives depend on it. And I've learned that in business, it's the same. So like from GI Custom, I, I learned that I don't mind doing other people's apparel. <clears throat> it's not really all that difficult, but I didn't like the, the brands that we were using. I didn't like the substrates. They didn't resonate. So I set off to figure out how to do cut and sew. And when I realized just the level of investment, complexity of cut and sew, <clears throat> I looked to partner, right? Just like I wanted to do coffee shops, but I looked to partner. And I wanted to do supplements, but I looked to partner. 
because I know my really, you know, expertise is in the embellishment, distribution, web development, architecture, right? So I find ways that I can fit that into partnerships where it benefits my partners and me. I've got a skill set. They've got a skill set. Let's make things happen. And that all, that whole mindset comes from the special operations community, right? Like there is no I in team that's corny and cheesy, but I'm not going to take on coffee industry. I'm going to partner with Black Rifle. I'm not going to take on cut so manufacturers. I'm going to partner with Bella Canvas, the world leader in U.S. manufacturing and just manufacturing in general. So uh, that's why. Yeah. So when did you start to, when did you realize that you see things a little bit differently than other folks? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about putting all these pieces together and, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of it comes from, from templates, so to speak, that, that were ingrained probably at, at West Point And then, and then through, through your time at the 160th, when did you start to see that like, Oh, okay. Cause you started by describing website architecture, but then you described business architecture. When did you realize there was a linkage between the way that you think and the way that you can scale these different things and build these partnerships? Well, I realized it when I absolutely needed Adderall and uh, I had to actually sit down and, and kind of take all of the things going on in my brain and write them down and start time blocking and start tackling them one at a time. Right. And that's what happens overseas. You get overwhelmed because it's yeah easy to go there and drop someone off, pick them up. It sucks when like you have to deal with mid-air refueling. It sucks when you have to deal with dropping casts. It sucks when you have to deal with mass casualties. It sucks when you have to deal with getting shot at. And all of these things happen that you plan for. You hope they don't occur, but you plan for it. And and that that whole idea of not wanting to die, you know, it really motivated me to stay up longer and to crunch numbers and to build relationships with people that cared about me so that I didn't die and and vice versa. And you have to cultivate those same relationships in business. You know, I can't just go to South America and tell people how to run things. That's, that's not how their culture works. They're not Arabs. No offense. Uh, I got to build the relationship. I got to attempt to speak their language. There's all types of cultural issues. It's the emotional intelligence and the actual intelligence. That's where I find the most successful people. And I'm not super, uh, well, I guess I, I could say I, I'm inept. Like I know if people don't like me, I just don't fucking care. And and I, I think, <clears throat> you know, where I started making this um, leap and understanding the systems started at West Point. You know, I I have kind of an idea of, of what this business looks like and all of the different things that feed into it and all the different aspects that work internally and externally. But yeah, you're right. Doing SWOT analysis in the military is the same SWOT analysis I do in business, right? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. <clears throat> and I think when I do that every year with my team and we come up with those agreements of what we need to sustain and improve <clears throat> and what we need to take on that would be considered external forces um, that maybe aren't our responsibility, but they became our responsibility. Like that, that's... Um, where everything started coming together, right? Because I can't just live in my foxhole and ignore what's going on that my competitors are doing, that the other suppliers are doing, because it, it affects my ecosystem, right? So I, I guess from West Point, I learned systems analysis and engineering. And then from the military, I got to apply it to not die. And then I took 
a lot of that and applied it to not financially dying. When you were in, when you were leading, you know, flying and, and then leading in, in those obviously very high stakes environments, were, were you, were you just thinking about that environment and, and trying not to die in that environment and doing as well as you could at that job? Or were you starting to think like, oh, okay, these systems that I'm, uh, that I've learned and that I'm applying can then also apply to another industry later or, or did that come later? So you, I mean, you know, you come down from a intense operation and then people go work out and then they go get the food. Maybe they go watch a movie, chill out, talk to their family. I did my debriefs. I went to my computer and then my free time was spent building websites and doing things of that nature and testing stuff, right? Applying those same testing of, you know, hitting targets to testing and hitting target audiences in social media, <clears throat> right? When we, when I was allowed to post on social media, right. uh, it, it's absolutely runs hand in hand. And I absolutely wouldn't be where I'm at if I started when I got out, I started 2012. I was commander of a very high functioning unit. It was my side hustle. Right. And I, yeah. I just started learning. I was just, I wanted to absorb as much as I could. Just like, I'll never be as smart as my maintenance test pilot buddies, <clears throat> but I know, you know, where a drop of oil, how it runs through, you know, that jet turbine engine. I know what this light means when it comes on and I know what I can expect. And I really, really, really try to know as much as they can on my free time. You know, I'm reading dash 10 manuals, which are boring as hell. Um, just like reading a bunch of manufacturing journals and just like, being involved in this, you know, community of textile and uh, ethical sourcing, right? It's yeah. it's not hard if you know what you're doing. You're never going to know what you're doing unless you learn and apply yourself and surround yourself with people who want to do that, right? They want to get off mission and go read a intellectual book, or they want to go and work on their side hustle, not watch television, right? You got your buddies that want to go out drinking and horn on Friday and Saturday. I love drinking and horn, but I also like, you know, creating a sustainable future for my kids. And um, I don't actually like drinking and horn. I'm just throwing it out there. I like, <laughs> yeah. don't mind drinking. Uh, yeah. my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, I, Jack Carr was on, was on the podcast and, and he was talking about when, when he was love with him. his team, a great guy when he was on his, with his teammates, right? Some of those guys would, they would watch movies, they would play Xbox, they would do different things. And he was reading, right? He was preparing to be a novelist because he knew that's what he wanted to do. And so he was devoting that time that was down to uh, informing a craft that he eventually wanted to to pursue. And he did that his way. And so it's actually a remarkable sim Yeah, I bet you he was made fun of. I bet you all of his teammates gave him shit. And that's what mine did. And they're my best buddies. They're like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Like, they would just say stupid stuff. Not all of them, but that was the culture. And that's, I think, what most people will experience when you want to do something that's different, that's never been done, or that's hard. They're going to say, that's stupid. You're wasting your time. You know, go work yeah. for a defense contractor. Go be a pilot for an airline. Go do this. I don't want to do any of those things. I, I started a few different companies before this one. Right. And yep. this one will evolve into five or six different ones. I've got 10 different subsidiaries underneath me. I've got hydration. I've got coffee. I've got apparel stuff. I've got distribution stuff. I've got all kinds of things in this hub 
So I'm not just in all eggs in one basket. And that's essentially what I was trying to do with the military, right? I've got rental yeah. properties. I've got this side hustle apparel company, you know, which one takes off, but I'm going to keep trying. Right. And I didn't could give two craps what people think about me. Yeah. My, my kids, my father, and a few select humans out there, I don't give a crap about people's opinions. And I love haters. Haterade like fuels me more than anything. When someone says, you can't get into that school, you can't get into that organization, there, there's no way you'll be able to do this thing. I'm like, perfect. You just set new goals for me. I love yeah. proving myself right, not proving other people wrong. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great way to look at it um, because I, you know I think it's it's obviously you know haters are out there, but a lot of times it's it's going to be the people that are closer to you, right? Your friends, your family, the people whose opinion you might value a little higher than others that are going to tell you some of those things that are going to sting a little bit more, hurt a little bit more because when, when you're focused on something, and this is you know kind of our, our audience, like there's a lot of, of folks that are still in the military and they're wondering, I don't know if it's possible for me to to start my side hustle and scale it. But here I am talking to somebody who's commanding a, a, a very um, high speed unit and started that and did that. And this was the way that you did it. You focused during your during your downtime on the thing that you said you wanted to focus on. And there's other people that might say they want to focus on it, but don't actually focus on it. But this is what it takes in order to to do these things and scale them. Well, and, and be very clear, like there's a lot of things about doing this that I, I regret. Right? Like my relationship with my family members are stressed because I end up hiring them, firing them. My relationship with my wife is non-existent uh, because this, on top of other things, right? When you're deploying all the time, you get injured, and then like you say, hey, I'm going to slow down. Then I start a foundation. I start doing all kinds of other stuff. You know, I just filled my time because I didn't want to sleep and I didn't want to think about things. So, And I didn't cope well and I didn't communicate well with my wife so like in terms of partnerships i mean i provided financially but i was never around like i was always gone i was always volunteering to be gone and you know acting like oh i just i gotta go sucks uh and that's that's the selfish part right and that's the part where <clears throat> you got to be honest with yourself like i was driven to success from a young age there's nothing that was gonna stop me not my marriage not my family um but it's also because my kids, when they're born, I got thought to myself, I don't want them to go through the shit that I had to go through, right? Like I've been, I turned 16 in a hospital. I got stabbed in the chest by a freaking douchebag and Air Force dude in Germany. It's my brother is banging his girlfriend. All kinds of stuff that 15 year olds shouldn't be having to deal with. Um, all kinds of stuff I had to deal with at a younger age than that. <clears throat> Not knowing, you know, where I'm going to live and, you know, how I'm going to help take care of my dad. Uh, so that, that, that stressed me more than others, uh, have ever had to deal with. Right. Like I know lots of people came from way worse situations, probably saying like, shut the heck up. But when my kids were born, all I could think about is like, I don't want them to ever have to deal with the stuff that I had to deal with. Right. I don't want them to ever be fearful of where they're living. I don't want them to ever wonder, you know, if they have to take care of me, they don't. Right. So like, I think that's the big motivating factor. Um, and that's why I say, like, I only care about what my kids think, my dad thinks, and other people who've been, like, very supportive of me from when I really needed it. <clears throat> but, you know, all the haters out there and all the people that didn't stood by are the ones that were like, you know, 
I just friendly, cordial, but sure. I don't forget. Like, yeah. So I, I think on that note and, and kind of bridging towards, towards um, ethical sourcing and, and, and profitability and some of those things that I, I, I really want to spend the bulk of the time talking about um, a big through line on this podcast, along the lines of what you were just talking about is, is the idea of relationship building versus networking, right? I hate the term networking. I hate the idea of networking. I came out of the, the military and people like get on LinkedIn, DM people, do this, build your network, build your network, build your network. And it's like, well, what about the relationships? Because those are humans, right? And we want to find out which humans are the ones that we can trust, what level we can trust, which ones are the ones that, you know, that it's, it's, it's a dynamic relationship between human beings. And so you, you've already mentioned here of the different vendors, the different partners, can you talk about your approach to building those relationships and and what sets you apart from from other uh, businesses? Well, I'll start with well, let's start with everyone's favorite topic, COVID. So Gavin Newsom shuts down California. California is my largest manufacturing partner's headquarters, where a lot of our products were made, right in the U.S. Uh, they had thousands of employees. I had hundreds of employees at the time, and I saw the writing on the wall of California's getting shut down. I, I'm sure we're going to get shut down at some point for being non-essential. So I started using my network in relationships to smuggle things out of China through third parties in South American countries and then get them here to the United States like I used to do for the military. Then I, I was helping the government for free, be relevant, still got shut down, um, was going to go bankrupt, contacted the CEO of Bella Canvas and started brainstorming late at night. Very smart guy. We just started becoming friends. He finish his day at midnight, he'd call me, we'd just start brainstorming, right? How are we going to become essential? What are we going to do? He came up with this stupid mask that's not effective, that put a piece of cloth on your face, said, we can make it, can you distribute it? So I think we ramped from zero to 700,000 masks a day in like less than four days that we were distributing um, and just revamped our entire process, had people just focused on that. I was losing tens of thousands of dollars a day, but I wasn't going bankrupt. And that started the relationship, right? They learned that I'm not stupid. And um, I learned that they're pretty good humans and partners. And then over the years, say Ukraine happened, right? And I felt the need to help out. Afghanistan happened. I felt the need to help out. I'd reach out to my partners at Black Rifle or Redcon or Hannity or Bella Canvas, and we'd come together and do kind of humanitarian aid and and help get Afghans out of Afghanistan that we said we would, and U.S. citizens, right? You know, I, I was flying A330s and funding them to fly into Maz and fly out and getting yelled at all the time for doing what I used to do, but just as a civilian because we forgot people. And, and that was important to me because I was among the last people to leave Iraq. I didn't leave any sense of equipment. I didn't leave human beings there. Like that, that was the most abysmal withdrawal and it had nothing to do with the Delta commander who was there last freaking steps. It's we set them up for failure. So I wanted to go do something about it. Then the same group of humans wanted to help out in Ukraine. And I wanted to go there and see what was going on on the ground, right? And see how I could actually help because I'm not flying in there. That was not even a possibility in February, March of last year. So, you know, I went with Chad and guys from SOA and other organizations like um, uh, the, the stopping the kids from getting, uh, I'm drawing like a blank right now, like Operation Lightshine and um, yeah. all, all these other ones that 
do great things. I wanted to see how I could help. And um, I, I guess those partners, when I reach out to them and say, hey, can you guys help? And they're like, yeah, we got a 737. I'll just fill it up with medical supplies and fly it over to Poland. That helped? I'm like, yes, that's very helpful. Hey, I got a private jet. You want to take some uh, Zodiac boats and silent engines and bring them to some freaking you know Alpha team members in Ukraine? I'm like, sure. Sounds like fun. Let's do that. Because uh, I'm a logistics person. I can help move things. I'm not fighting Russians. I'm just bringing stuff. Non-ITARs. Let me throw it out there. Uh, except for my own personal stuff. That's that's what we decided to do. And when I could reach out to Bella Canvas CEO and, and, and say, hey, what do you think? And they're like, absolutely, we're in. It's because they're their owners you know, started the company and they're good humans and they, they care. And when I told them what I found about the whole ethical sourcing stuff, you know, they're doing it the right way, competing with people doing it the illegal, my opinion, potentially illegal. I got to say those words, right? Uh, it, it's not fair. And it's not only not fair, but it's so fucked up to be using Uyghur Muslims in that way and to talk to the family members and to see what's happened since 2017 that people don't understand. Like on my way to Ukraine, my last time I brought my girlfriend just so she'd, you know, know what we're doing, moving orphans around and stuff, brought it over to the orphanages. First time to Europe, I took her to Auschwitz and Ukraine, right? I think I owe her a better trip next time. But she got to see like, this is what pure evil can eventually do if you give them enough leeway. And if you're telling me that it could never happen again, I'll tell you every hundred years, we got a bunch of bad humans that band together and start determining that money, power is the only thing that matters. And they'll just give a little bit of their ethics, a little bit of their ethics. So all these big conglomerates, these billion dollar distribution companies, these billion dollar manufacturing companies that are owned by these PE groups that are worth trillions and trillions of dollars, when they go and post, we care about LGBTQ, we care about, you know, Black Lives Matter, we care about, you know, human rights, right? All these obscure human rights. What about the fucking humans that are chained to desks because they're Muslims? What about the ones that are being conscripted for praying in their house during Ramadan, right? The ones that are just captured because, I don't know, some shoe company needs more shoes made some phone company that we're talking about need more phones made because it's the same group of humans it's the same prisoners that are you know in jail legitimately for rape and murder who are next to children and women and old men who are in there for being muslim or christian right and we have no outrage we have no knowledge of it you can walk up to people and be like hey one do you know who the uyghurs are they're like nope two do you know what type of products they make Three, do you care? And they're like, oh, I care. I care about the LGBTQs. I'm not making fun of anyone. I'm just saying they care about that. And they care about black people's concerns. I do too. But before all of those things, right, how about caring about not imprisoning and, and killing people because of their religion? Because like organ harvesting, all of these atrocious things are going on. And no one wants to speak out because the CCP is so freaking powerful. Like even the girl who was sent to Boston by her dad, 2017, go to BU, talk to her. I won't say her name, right? She did an interview with um, Amnesty International after two years of trying to get her dad out of prison for praying during Ramadan. Um, they rounded up 300 of her family members 
and they've never heard from them since. And basically told her on social media that if you do it again, it's going to get worse. And then they published her license plate, her place of business, her home address, pictures of herself, and at a community of people in the area encouraging them, if you do care about the true Chinese regime, go inflict harm on this person. And what was our response as a government? What was our response at all? Nothing. There's no one protecting her. So when I talk to her and say, hey, can I use your name? Can we talk about your story? She's like, please don't. But thank you for what you're doing. But please don't. Right? Too many of my family members are getting killed. My life's in danger. And she's a U.S. citizen. And when I say that people have been messing with me for the last six months, I'm talking cyber warfare from China. I can show you. I'm talking very effective highly, highly intelligent ways to mess with businesses. I couldn't explain it in like the next hour to you how they did it. So how the hell am I going to get anyone to do anything about it? Right? So then I go and tell people, Hey, weird coincidence, but this company is threatening to sue me because I'm just asking them, why are you saying in your country of origin label made in Nicaragua, but my test results from this tens of thousands of dollars I spend on isotopic testing says that it's consistent with Xinjiang, which is illegal as of June of last year. What the fuck? And I get, if you talk about this subject in general, we're going to sue you. I'm like, well, fuck. That's kind of like goes back to my last point. Now I'm only going to talk about that over and over and over again on every single platform. And that's what I'm going to do. And I keep doing it. I keep testing. They're like, their response, um, well, I've challenged their CEO to a debate and I keep challenging them because they'll talk on the phone and we'll FaceTime and he gets super nice. And I, I'd hate to be in his position because either he doesn't know and he's not intelligent or he does know and he's lying to my face. Um, either way, it's not an isolated incident. It's a reoccurring test from multiple distributors at multiple different lots that have come into this country in several different months and they're all... Uh, not all, majority are coming back consistent with Xinjiang. So either statistics and dynamics that I did pretty well in school um, has changed, right? New math versus old math. But the probability of it being an isolated like, incident, like once, okay. Twice, mm, three times, like, come on, do something. And stop telling people how freaking virtuous you are on your websites and your postings. And stop selling to my competitors at substandard cost because you can, because you get subsidized through forced labor. I, I can't compete. So from a moral perspective, it's fucked. And from a competitive perspective, I'm making stuff in Nicaragua for real. It costs this. And it doesn't consist of anything from Xinjiang. So can we give, can you give just backing up for just a, a second for those that don't know can you give uh, as, as brief of an overview as you can about about that region and about what is happening there and exactly what it is that we're talking about and then i'll dive into some specific questions yeah so since around 2017 the uh chinese government determined that they would in, imprison the uyghur population um in the xinjiang region of china uh that's the ethnic majority in that region um, the rationale is that they are um, causing an uprising and it's for the security of their government. The real reason is their main export is cheap labor, right? You buy things from China because it's cheap. When you run out of cheap labor, right, people are demanding getting higher and higher salaries and you can't beat them down. Well, just imprison the population. And the more and more labor that you need, 
you just keep on knocking on doors. Hey, you Muslim? Well, you're in prison. So if you put one to four million humans in prison and then you force them to make shoes and cell phones and blank t-shirts, that's messed up. And I'd like to call it out. But since all of the companies in the U.S. are tied to China, except for me, right? Like a lot of my partners are like, hey, I would totally join your coalition, but I do too much, you know, buying from China. They'll mess with me. That's the same with our politicians. That's the same thing with, you know, most of the Fortune 100, 500 companies, they're tied to China. So they can't speak out. And, and that's where we're running into this issue where you have a bill and a law. And I've shown to the Customs and Border Patrol, and I've shown to Senator Cotton, who wrote the bill, and I've talked to everyone who says, yes, this seems like it's violating the law. I'm like, cool, no act. No action. Weird. So I don't know what's going to stop China from continuing to infiltrate our politics, our economy, and destroy U.S. manufacturing jobs like the ones that I create unless people know about it. And since no one really knows who Next Level is because they make blanks, right? It's promotional products. You could call it, you know, Blue Level, Black Level, Next Level, Five Level. No one knows who it is, right? But they know who Grunt Style is, right? And Grunt Style buys a lot from Next Level. It's on their website about their partnerships. Mm, veteran founded, why wouldn't they send back all their blanks and test it, you know, like I did, right? If they actually care and they're not just run by a private equity group called C3 Capital. But I mean, that's my personal opinion. I'd also challenge that CEO to a debate, but he doesn't really like the debate, I don't think. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of companies out there. Nike talks about all their virtuous, you know, aspects of things. Um, I would love to have a debate with that CEO to uh, challenge some of their um, statements. Uh, but you know, what they'll do is just post on social, get their influencers. They'll go and find people to go attack me, uh, and make up stories that I'll have to sue people for libel and slander statements, which I currently am. Uh, and, and that's the way things are fought. Right. But I'm not, I've had TSSCI clearances. I don't, I'm not married. I'm kind of hard to, um, intimidate with like, what are you going to do? Uh, you're going to kill me because that's about it. I mean, you, you can't threaten me. I'm not, I don't have any real big skeletons or secrets that I could care less if they're exposed. Uh, might piss off my girlfriend. That's about it. So why are you choosing this battle? I think I always have to have a mission and a purpose, right? I, I, I loved my mission in the 160th. I love the idea that if anyone... American needs rescuing, like my buddies are going to go help and I get to help in small, small part. If there's really bad guys, they need to go away. I get to help, right? That, that meant something to me. When I lost that, I dove into the foundation, building houses for severely wounded veterans. That's our, you know, nine line foundation. Then we started building tiny homes for homeless veterans. You know, that, that meant something to me. And I don't like it when there's bad guys messing with good humans with seemingly no consequence. I think there always has to be a consequence. So if we're going to continue to promote the slave trade, okay, I want everyone to know who's knowingly doing it, right? Because I've had conversations with the largest distributors in this industry, Sanmar, SNS, Activewear, you know, people that sell next level products. 
like tens of millions of units a year. Hey guys, do you think you should probably test and quarantine like I did? I don't get responses. You know, I get people burying their heads in the sand. Hey, Grunstel, you gonna keep buying and promoting, you know, Next Level's products? Because if Next Level continues to use their supply chain, which they haven't ever identified that they haven't, right? They just, their statement says they have a zero tolerance policy and they may terminate a relationship with their supplier, which the supplier in question is, in this case, is YS Garments, which is weird because YS Garments is owned by Next Level Apparel, just through a shell. All these weird things happen, right? But when people just continue to uh, bury their head in the sand and make up stories and say, no, 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 da, 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 da. I'm super ethical. Just stop testing, right? I'm going to call them out and I'm going to keep calling them out until the test results say that you're, you're competing fairly and you're not importing any banned illegal cotton into this, my fucking country anymore. And I don't care what lawyers say. I mean, they give me advice to say, don't say that. They're going to sue you. I'm like, bring it. Don't sue me. We'll go to court. We can talk about if it was true or not, because I feel like it is. And if you're telling me I'm lying, well, bring it. What can, what can consumers do? So people who are listening to this, like, I'll be honest, this is a next level shirt. I did not know when I got these for the podcast and had them screen printed at the time that I got this, I did not know about next level and, and the issue that you're talking about, right? So for me, if I want to make Who made uh, your and shirt? sell- Who made your shirt? Uh, I, I got it from a, a, a friend who was- uh, Yeah, the print shop, yeah. So if yeah. that print shop has customers that don't care, then they'll keep buying next level because next level just slash their prices to like nothing ever since I've been right. jumping up and down to try to, it seems like to try to get rid of their current inventory that seems like it's testing consistent all the time when I test it. So yeah. unless you go to them and say, what the hell, why is this person talking about slave cotton being injected in next level? And why are you using next level? And then they don't go back to who they bought it from, which is most likely Sanmar or SNS activewear. And then they go to next level. So it's a ripple, but since, yeah, most church groups, school groups, other brands take this out and relabel it. Except mine says Bella Canvas, right? Yeah. And mine is tested and guarantees ethical sourcing. Minimal standard. No fucking slaves. Period. In any aspect. Yeah. Which is also the only legal way to doing it going forward, right? It was unethical before June, illegal after June of last year. Yep. So I would just say... If you only care about the cheapest shirts, just buy Sheen, buy Next Level, buy things that may or may not be made from forced labor, but it's seemingly weird that they're coming back consistent and their prices are much lower than things that are not made um, there. So in, if you want companies like Bella Canvas and mine to fail, then make me compete with people who are using other people without paying them. That'd be like me saying, you know what, I'm going to move my stuff from Savannah and LA and, you know, South America paying living wages. I'm going to have my guys head over to China, set up a shop. Then I'm going to strike a deal with some shops there that own humans. And I'm going to cut my costs of goods by 50%. I can't do that. That's messed up and illegal, but why can they? 
because they have better lobbyists, because they have more lawyers, because they have more money. I know that people don't like realize that I have been successful over the last decade and I have been able to do really well and not just nine line, but my other ventures. So I'm cool with everyone thinking that, you know, I have no money and I got no influence because I'm wearing t-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops, but I, I do have money and I do have influence and I'm going to use it um, for good. And I'm hoping like my kids grow up, they learn some of my stories, like some of the cool things I did as a cool guy, some of the cool things I've done humanitarian, you know, some of the things I've done that no one else really wanted to because it was too risky financially, right? Like this is very risky for me for the last six months. I've been lots of lawyers telling me, stop it. But um, now they see all the evidence and they see all the, you know, writing on the wall that I, I am doing the right thing. That, you know, Haynes CEO, Bella Canvas CEO, Gildan CEO, they're good humans. I love talking to them. They appreciate the things that I'm doing, right? I'm making people compete fairly they're doing it ethically. Everyone else should minimal standard. But if you, the consumer, are okay with wearing that shirt now, then you're part of the problem. No offense, right? If I were you, I'd say, F this shirt. I'm sending it back like I did. I want a refund for what I paid for it. I don't want anything, just what I paid for it. And then I'd tell that print shop to do what I did. Send it back to SNS Activewear. SNS Activewear send it back to next level, next level, cut me a check for exactly what I paid for it. Exactly. And then afterwards they said, don't tell anyone. I'm like, well, huh. we don't have disclosure. So I'm going to tell everyone you set a precedent. Yeah. You allowed me to send this stuff back because it was unethical. And now you have to, or you should have to do it for everyone. But if you're not willing to do it and grunt style is not willing to do it. And this church group's not willing to do it. And that school group's not willing to do it. Then they win. Then they got away with selling slave cotton. They made profit off slave cotton. And they're going to likely, my opinion, continue to do it or maybe stop for a little bit and then wait for everything to die down and then go back to doing it because it's profit overall. And I get to meet with those virtuous CEOs of these distribution companies and manufacturing companies. And I get to see all the things that they write on their social posts and their BS that their lobbyists come up with and the excuses that they have of, hey, boy, you don't understand the global complexities of being such a large company. I'm like, actually, I really do. And I do it myself. I, I don't know how to say like, I get it. It's cheaper if you don't pay humans. I, I got hundreds of them behind me. Like start off at 15. It's very expensive. But when you pay zero or a dollar a day or a month, I mean, I can't compete. I'll go out of business. And so will everyone like me, no matter how efficient I am, no matter how good I am at everything else. I can't compete with that. And that's what I was starting to look into is like, how can my competitors who are not as efficient, not as invested in systems and people and technologies, how can they beat me at kind of distribution and, 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 and these price points, right? Like if I just keep on lowering mine to match theirs, Right. But we're doing different things. Right. They're buying next level. I'm buying Bella and next level's less expensive for a reason. Like either I have to start owning humans from Xinjiang too in my supply chain or 
I got to tell everyone, you guys make a decision. If this shirt feels very similar to that shirt, and this one's guaranteed ethically and that one is not, vote with your dollars and stop giving all of these fake, not virtuous companies money, which is power, to go and sue me and stop me from telling everyone, right? There's good CEOs out there, good companies out there that when I tell them, like, hey, I'll produce your product next level if you really want me to, but I'm going to test it while I'm producing it. It's your decision. I'm, I'm, I do brand management for other companies, right? Not just my company. I inform them. And then they make a decision. You know what? This feels exactly the same. I'll pay a little bit more for that. That's how you change So that. what... Yeah. So, so what's next? What What are you and Haynes and Gildan and and Bella Canvas? What What's next? What are you doing from now? Now, now that now that through the last six months and some of these legal battles, what, what What's next? What's the vision look like for the future? How do we How do we solve this problem systemically? Right? Like, how, how do we How do we truly How do we truly change the system? Well, if you want to see how messed up it is, so I started using company called Oritane, which is supposedly the only USDA and US government approved testing facility, which is based out of London. Their CEO flew in from London once I started testing and publishing results saying, hey, you know, we work with big companies like Nike and now Next Level is a strategic partner of ours. You know, they're going to test themselves. They're going to self-regulate. You don't need to test them anymore. I was like, are you telling me I can't test my suppliers anymore? They're like, no, 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 no. We're just highly advising you not to. I'm like, isn't your job to test and the report and stuff like, no, we just test so people know to make informed decisions, right? If they're selling Xinjiang cotton and it's legal to sell here, but it's not legal to sell here. And then, you know, we, we help them so they can sell it legally. I'm like, that's not what you publish on all of your websites and tell me in the beginning, but that's fine. It started becoming eye-opening that there's other testing facilities out there I can use that actually seem to care more about stopping this, right? Not just getting money from next level, right? Because they started a multi-year contract right after I started exposing them. Um, and they said, hey, we're testing it. It's our supply chain of our supplier that we can't mention, that we may or may not own, and we're dealing with it. And, and it was a rogue, isolated incident. What's well, just seemingly not true based on the fact that I keep testing. And as of last Friday, I sent them the last test results, which I think I retested on... Um, four different cases from a different distributor that came in through four different months of the same supplier record that they own wise garments and seven, like, like three quarters of it was all consistent with Xinjiang. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's lots of um, influence from money and politics. You know, there, there's politicians going to Senator Cotton, you know, championing for me, right. To say you should, cause enforcement. And there's lobbyists from the other side saying, this is going to cost so much U.S. jobs. Like, you know, you can't stop this. This is how else do large trillion dollar companies get all their Chinese stuff then? Everyone knows that it's all made from Xinjiang. Like, that's right. But this is the one product I can test and prove. Everything else, I can't really test. I can't test, you know, cobalt and I can't test plastics. But this is like a DNA fingerprint. Right. You can't get away from this. That's the part that scares everyone. I can go and grab stuff off the shelf from Walmart, from Bass Pro, from Cabela's. And if Oratane would allow me to test it, which they won't. Right. I have all this stuff that I submitted and wanted to submit to test. Grunt style shirts from, uh, you know, 
Bass Pro. I'm just interested to know. I'm not allowed to. Why not? Uh, that's not part of our contract. Cool. Send me a contract that allows me to, like the other people. Never gotten one. So there's a lot of weird things going on um, with politics and money to kind of cover these things up, my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. And if we allow it to die down, you know, right now, people are starting to realize that China's not our friend. I've known this for many years. I haven't had any manufacturing partnerships with them six, seven years. People are starting to figure it out. You have a reliance on them for PPE. What happened? I ended up having to make my own N95 mask with spare parts in my garage, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but who got the big contract? 3M. Where's 3M? China. Almost all. You know, we just forget. We have freaking 10-second attention spans, ADHD humans watching, you know, the news. And then it's, you know, next squirrel. President Trump's being that next squirrel. You know, something's going on in Ukraine. Next squirrel. You know, it, it, China. China is like the worst influence in things that we have going on in Russia, right? They were giving them technologies to not just um, track uploads, but then push downloads, if you understand what I'm saying, right? Like mm -hmm. Russia didn't have that technology. China gave it to them. China continues mm -hmm. to give them less than lethal aid, which ends up making Russia more lethal, right? We keep on giving aid to Ukraine that's lethal, right? And then we're giving China crap. Like they're not our friend. They're friends with Russia. Yeah. We're friends with not Russia. So yep. why do we keep giving them all their money? Why are we going to let Sheen go public in the U.S. stock market when there's no way you can make shorts and bathing suits for three, four dollars unless you're using slave labor? And I can't test Sheen yep. either, right? Because I'm not allowed to. It's not part of my supply chain. Can't test Nike. Not part of my supply chain. But according to Ortan, yep. since I was buying blanks, that's how I snuck it in my contract, right? I want to test my suppliers since next level is my supplier. Then once I sent all my stuff back, it was weird. Ortain's like, well, next level is not your supplier anymore. So you don't have to test it. I was like, well, that would mean that you're talking to them against their non-disclosure. Cause how else would you know that? And yeah. that's just weird. So yeah. So it's, I mean, is sunshine the best disinfectant here? Is this an awareness? Is this like an awareness campaign that we just need to get the word out so that consumers really start to understand? Cause yeah, but it, it also seems to me that there's an element of, you know, I think we, we've spent a lot of time over the course of the last, my entire life, I'm 35 years old, right? My entire life, all I've, all I've ever heard people complain about is our political leadership and leadership in this country. And rightly so, right? We've had some shit political leadership. We currently have some shit political leadership, but we also have, we have a major citizenship problem. People do not take responsibility with the freedoms that we have been given, right? We're not free from, we're not only just free from tyranny, we are free to be responsible for ourselves, our families, our communities, and people just are, are not taking that responsibility. So do you think enough awareness would, would give people the opportunity to do that? Well, the definition of morality has morphed so much from my childhood to now. You know, I, I don't even recognize some of these arguments of we're, we're talking about Target clothing line that, you know, has ability to hide your genitals for kids right and that's yeah that's a discussion right and that's a hot topic yeah. and people are fired up about yeah. it i'm disgusted don't even want to talk about it and um i don't even know how it became a conversation it seems like it's just a distraction right like if there's a movie out there that's talking about stopping pedophiles and killing bad guys and it's catching crap like why 
Like, how did that even become a debate? One of those things where you were thought saying like, I have no problem with pedophiles and people who kick dogs getting hit by a bus. Like I would be fine with that. And they're like, that is horrible thing to say. They have feelings and rights and blah, 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 blah. like, no, there's good people and there's bad people. And I love fucking with bad people. It's my favorite thing in the world. And unless we understand that the only way for bad people to win is for good people to do nothing. And that's a, quote obviously that's much more eloquent when said by other people but it's true like if you walk by someone raping someone and you have the ability to do something you should and if you don't you're part of the problem if you're wearing a next level shirt and you think it's okay that they're using slave cotton then that's that's what you're saying if you take it off and say I'm going to post that I'm burning this shirt until they identify who their supplier is, which is what my demand is. Identify who your supplier is so everyone in this community knows not to use that supplier. Why can't you do that? It's part of your non-disclosure or your your, non-tolerance policy on your website, but it says you may terminate relationship. Well, I, I think you should. I think you should expose whoever's doing it wrong. And we should all hold them accountable. There's a law in place that said they should be on a banned import list. There's lots of things that should be occurring. But since no one is demanding you do it, except for me, and apparently my voice going on Fox and going on all these different shows is not strong enough, and my lobbyists are not strong enough, and my conversations with Senator Cotton, which have been going on for months, and he's interviewed under oath, you know, Mayorkas, Asking, hey, Captain Tyler Merritt said this is going on and you're allowing it. What's your response? Oh, absolutely. We take this very seriously. We're going to do something. It's been six months. No one's, I, I sent portal after portal after, you know, report to the authorities I'm supposed to as a whistleblower. I got one email from one directorate saying, can you send me more? I sent them everything. I was like, what else? You want to hop on a call? Do you want to discuss things? Nope. Nothing. We just checked the block. So I haven't seen any action, but maybe that's because it's government. They're not supposed to be telling me that they're doing stuff. I hope so. Or maybe they yeah. found out that I was wrong and it was isolated and they're going to come and tell me. Or they found the supplier of record and they put them on a banned list. But I'd like something to happen that's detailed in a law that was passed by our fucking unanimous decisions of our Senate. Which When do we ever come together and agree on stuff? Right In the Senate. And they yeah. unanimously agreed. This is a good bill. No slave cotton coming into the U.S. But I think when people signed it, they didn't realize you can actually test for it. You didn't realize that someone actually would. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Actually, I'm very confident I'm the only one who spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to test supplies and send stuff back and lose money. But I shouldn't be. But since I'm privately owned and I don't answer to anyone, I can do what I want. And these other companies, they answer people when they sit in a boardroom, they say, hey, well, this is our virtues and our values. Well, this is going to cost our bottom line. They make a decision. It's going to affect their bottom line. So we're going to not uphold what we say is our virtues. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of these, sending them back, and uh, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking to to talk to Bella Canvas or or one of the others about about merch, merch for the podcast. That's kind of one of the things. It's like, uh, you know, vote with your dollars, vote with your feet. Um, you know, develop awareness, spread awareness, and 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 do all of that. So I, I certainly want to do my part, and um, and uh, I, I I sincerely appreciate your time coming on to to talk about this and. And, and break some of this down so that people have have a better understanding. I, I do truly believe that if people have more awareness and then more pressure is applied, um, that 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 people will will start to start to vote with their dollars and and take their business where you know where they where they want to. Um, well, and I, I the more they the more they know the far you you get with that um, as a as a test. Um, I posted a video talking about how we shouldn't allow slave cotton. Um, it's been banned from social media for unknown reasons. And then eventually yep. they allow it and I put money behind it. They don't allow any to spend. So I sent it to yep. Bella Canvas said, hey, can you upload this in your account? You guys spend hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They're like, oh, it's weird. It's getting like no engagement. And our Facebook rep told us um, we're, we should never post things like that again. We should never yep. post to say don't buy from slave. I didn't even mention names at that point. I just said no one should buy from slave cotton. It's illegal. So if you can get the message out on social media, Awesome. If you can get the message out on kind of the big networks, only reason I was able to sneak these things in is I say I'm going to talk about this and I talk about this because yeah. I've had friends who are really powerful in the networks who say, Tyler, we've had you on dozens of times. You are messing with a honey pot that you don't understand that is not just apparel. It's, it's a, the same slaves make other things and those are very powerful humans. And they very much know who I am and they very much want to stop me. So when you can spend that type of money on social and on network advertising and other stuff to prevent my voice, I mean, unless we all come out together and do this simultaneously and push it hard, I mean, I personally, I'm not ever going to stop. I just don't think that it's going to have the effect unless you have the mainstream, the left, the right, come together and be like, all right, F the noise. Slaves are bad. Yes. Cool. Anything made from slaves is illegal, right? Brought in here. Yep. From the Uyghurs. Anyone who does this should be called out and be put on a list of unethical humans until they can prove without a shadow of a doubt that they're now ethical and that what they did was an accident or unknown to them. I'd be fine with that. That's what I approached. Next level whip. Hey, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Let's talk. I get legal notices. I get hindrances. I get weird cyber attacks all at the same time. So there's a power and an element behind this that I don't take lightly. I've got cameras 360 around every single one of my properties. I stay in different places. I get security around kids. I've got a fortress here at my building. I have a bunch of tier one dudes who I'd hang out with. Like the only way to stop me is to fucking kill me. And I don't take that as off the table because I'll cost them hundreds of millions, billions of dollars because we fought a fucking civil war in this country over owning humans. You could say states rights, everything else is over humans and that's big business. You own four upwards of four million people pumping out stuff. I mean, what type of money do you think they're getting? There's a there's that one video that came out about how much money is being made in the sex industry, right? More than all the airlines combined. 
outrage on CNN about the movie. Weird. That's more, there, are, there are there are more more slaves today than there ever have been in in the history of the world. And unless we actually put a foot in the ground, like a red line, Auschwitz, the things that occurred at that place, it will reoccur. And you come and take our weapons. I mean, that my weapons. I don't hunt. I don't. But I've got everything from 50 cows down to, you know, other stuff. And it's it protects me from the tyranny of our government, an armed population of citizens, law abiding citizens should scare the fuck out of the government and come in to take them. I mean, that should scare the fuck out of all the law abiding citizens. And not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a historian. I can't think of one armed population of citizens that were de-armed and are super pumped about it now. Definitely not the German. Name one. Just name one. I, Venezuela? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of one. And I can tell you, like, that would be the last straw in our country. That would cause us, because it, it, it's the Second Amendment protects the first. And I, I'll just tell you, that's a slippery slope. It actually protects all of them. So the difference between our countries, we do have morals, we do have values, we have guns. And we're going to protect our morals and our values with our guts. And that's not like a threat, conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying you come to my house and tell me you're going to jab my kids with something. I don't want to jab them. You're going to get shot in the face. 100%. You come to my house and take my kids because they said in school they want to change their gender and I'm not letting them because they're fucking 10. I'm shooting you in the face. And like there's a small list of those things. But essentially come to my house, my castle, and try to impose immoral things on my kids, you're getting shot in the face and that's, that's it. So I hope everyone in your podcast doesn't think I'm a psychopath. Um, but yeah, you come to my house, you try to mess with my kids in any way, shape or form. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put two between the eyes. Yep. Yep. Well said. That, um, have a great day. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I, I would say, so the way I've been ending ending the podcast and, and wrapping things up is with an open-ended question um, that we've covered a lot here. So maybe maybe there's there's something um, that, that we haven't covered that you want to talk about or something you might want to reiterate. But the kind of the way we've been ending the podcast is what's on your heart and your mind for, for our community right now, whether it's a piece of advice, something you just want to get off your chest or, or maybe something you yeah, want to reiterate well, here. But what's on your heart and mind? If the community you're talking about is more like veteran entrepreneurial spirit. Yep. It's the, it's the haters, man. It's the individuals that don't know what they're talking about, that jump on a social media bandwagon, that, you know, dig into other veteran entrepreneurs and and in a negative form, right? Like Grunt Style, I love Daniel. He's one of my favorite humans. Like he inspired me. We used to talk all the time. Once he left and there's a non-veteran in place as the CEO, shit went downhill, you know, from a moral perspective. Um, yeah, I'd say that we need to come together and then you should be, encouraging, voting with your dollar, supporting veteran-owned companies. I do. I mean, downstairs in my retail stores, I have at least 30 vendors that are all veteran-owned that we sell their products in my stores. I help them with their merchandising. I help them with just, you know, uh, brainstorming ideas. Yeah, I, I love any of the networking where even working with people who have, like, Forge Clothing, Mikey, you know, that, that those guys, they're my friends. We talk all the time. I'll help them. And any, I went on Fox News and told people, don't go to my site, go to his site, right? Like that, that's what we do. So if you can do more of those things, it returns tenfold down the road, right? People who thought that they were my competitors realize that they're my ally. And the only reason that you become my 
competitor and my enemy is if you, you know, do things underhanded, if you do things illegal, immoral, right? You come after me with some falsehoods through your, you know, influencers like Grunstyle has, right? I have no more love for that organization because they went from, hey, it's another veteran owned company that, you know, competes with me. Okay, good. I'll focus on me. They focus on them. May the better person win, right? But they focus on attacking me. They focus on hurting me. They focus on doing underhanded, in my opinion, you know, cutting costs through immoral ways. And then, you know, I'm supposed to just sit back and say nothing. Like, be authentic. I'm a nice human. But piss me off and screw me over. And I keep poking me. And I'm a quiet person. I'm the quiet person in the room. But I'm the quiet person in the room that is going to kick the living shit out of you. Um, And I don't need anyone watching. Like, it's just me and you. Um, I'm not doing this to, like, prove that I'm tougher. It's just you're a bad person. You're a bad company. I'm going to go after you. But give the veteran community a fucking break. Stop hating on people because it, it, it seems like the overnight success. I work here Monday through Sunday. I stay here till 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm here early in the morning. Every day. I've, like, lost my marriage over this. I've lost, you know, many relationships because of... I, I take care of my employees. That's more important to me, right? But like the hater aid that I get from people and the false statements that people say about things, like no one knows all the things I do for organizations. I don't want them to, right? No one knows what I do with my the Night Stalker Association. No one knows what I do with all these other foundations, my foundation. I don't need or want them to. That's not why I do charitable stuff. But when people go online and they tarnish my reputation and then I have people driving by my house, screaming at my kids, based on falsehoods, right? And threatening them because someone's saying a false statement, right? I had a murder-suicide occur here. That's one of the things I'm talking about. I had two former employees. Had literally nothing to do with me. But uh, influencer from Gruntstyle thought it'd be a good thing to highlight and villainize and make up stories. And now I have to deal with lawyers to go say, hey, those are 100% false. And when you say those things, and people believe them, and then they go threaten my kids, and they go do things because of it, and cause me and my kids harm, like, now you've crossed the line. Now you've gone from competitor to my fucking enemy, and we're going to find out how that works out for them. I don't think it's going to work out well. They're not authentic. They're not veteran-owned. They're um, going to learn that use next-level shirts. Everyone's going to know you're using them, because I'm telling them. Yep. Um, So, yeah, my best advice for the veteran community out there, vote with your dollar. If you're uh, buying a bunch of grunt style shirts, keep buying it. But I demand that they prove, if I was a customer, that at the very minimum, you're ethically sourcing your products that I'm wearing for my fire department, my police department, my military unit, right? The values that you say you have actually have them. That would be great. And then the people out there realize where your money's going. Don't believe what people are saying on social media. See what they're actually doing with their actions, right? That's that's yeah. my words of encouragement is don't hate on other veteran groups, uh, organizations. But if an organization is saying that they're veteran owned and they're not, you should call them out. Yep. I, Grunt Style is not owned by veterans. Grunt Style uses Next Level. Next Level has a supplier that seems to continue to utilize 
um, slave cotton based on my test results. And if that doesn't outrage anyone in our community to go on social media and say, what the hell to that group or any other group, whoever made your shirt, hey, did you test or ask to see if they would validate or verify or indemnify, right? Just, hey, next level, why don't you indemnify that all your products from this point forward are ethically sourced? And then if anyone finds out that they're not, you'll take them back like you did with me. That would be very helpful to yep. stop this. That That's my words of advice. If you're going to be a you know keyboard warrior and talk shit, maybe go talk shit to people who are not doing it the right way. Yeah. And don't believe BS. Yeah. Well, well, well said. Um, keep it up. Um, thank you for doing what you're, what you're doing. And uh, I appreciate the time and appreciate the, the uh, opportunity to, to chat. And I will, we'll test this stuff out, man. I'll put some reels out, we'll put some content out and see what happens. And, uh, and, and we'll test it out. I'll, I'll do my best to help as much as I can. And um, uh, I will actually get an email Senator Cotton's office and, and try to get him to come on here and, and talk about some of this stuff as well. And, um, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And, and um, uh, where can folks find you? Where do you want to drive traffic? Uh, can't find me anywhere. Uh, that's just my, by design, but nine line apparel is basically me in my life. Uh, nine line foundation. If you want to see the things that our organization does all volunteer foundation. Um, I think we do some pretty cool things. I just don't really market and advertise it. Uh, you can learn kind of about our different initiatives. Uh, and you know, the brand management aspect, since we're doing everyone from country music artists to, you know, black rifle to, you know, other supplement companies and managing and distributing their apparel, you know, that, that's, that's how I make money. That's how I, you know, feed hundreds of families is, uh, by doing brand management and distribution for hats and shirts and tumblers and pretty much anything else that you can buy on our website. So if that's a, uh, you got a huge demand and a following and you'd, uh, like us to supply you guys some products, that's my plug to make some money, uh, <laughs> and, and keep growing. But, um, if not, then just keep following this story keep promoting it, keep asking those questions when you're buying your church shirts and your school shirts, like, hey, is this ethically sourced? Does the FLA, Fair Labor Association, did they stamp off on this company as adhering to all these practices? Like that's That would be super duper helpful for me, and I think it would help put our country back on track to screwing over the CCP and helping veteran organizations like mine thrive. Awesome. We will, we'll link all that out and get the word out as best we can. Tyler, appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, man. All right. We'll see you. Later.